Hey everyone, it's your host of See Jurassic Right, Stephen Ray Morris here, just dropping in to say, I hope you've been enjoying all the new episodes in 2023 and 2024 so far. There are new interviews with filmmakers, musicians, scientists, the screenwriter of Land Before Time, audio essays about the rich history of the Jurassic Park and Jurassic World franchise, and all the news about the upcoming animated show Jurassic World Chaos Theory and the as-of-yet untitled Jurassic World sequel coming next summer. I really need your help supporting the show right now, and you can do that by leaving a tip and or giving a monthly follow on Patreon, patreon.com slash There are $1 and $5 tiers, but more is coming. Sharing the show, giving five-star reviews in Apple Podcasts, and liking and commenting on social, at Stephen Ray Morris on Instagram and Twitter, goes a long way to help boosting the show's visibility again online in this new era. I'm an independent podcaster and your support is so important and means the world to me in keeping this podcast running. Link to the Patreon is in the show notes. Hold on to your butts. Thank you. And now on to the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I don't know. There's no. You're my first guest technically on this Westworld thing, which is Ooh. very exciting. Yeah, it's Polly Katowski from Murder Squad, Murder Squad producer extraordinaire. You're my Westworld friend, one of my Westworld friends. Yeah. Which it was very exciting because I was late to the game in this whole Westworld thing. Right. You just started so, this year, right? Yeah, I basically binged. Basically, the the starting of the pandemic was me descending into Westworld madness. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it was like perfectly timed in a bad way. So I, I mean, yeah. And to me, the reason why I even wanted to recap and watch it week to week was to like, who else is watching it? Who else is, you know, I want to have that water cooler experience that people had with like Game of Thrones and so I was excited that you were that you told me you were watching Westworld. Yeah. Well, I was never a big Game of Thrones person, but Westworld for me, especially with Dolores, I and the music in season one drew me in immediately. So I've always watched Westworld, um, counted down the days until the next season started. One of my did you watch it? Did you watch season one in real time as well? I did. At the time? Oh, that's so cool. I'm so yeah. jealous. <laughs> I feel like watching season one in real time would have been really fun because it's definitely to me like still my favorite season. Personally. Well, season one to me is perfect. It's just it's mapped out. And just laid out so perfectly. 
I feel like if you're paying extra close attention, you obviously figure it out before they tell you that, you know, they're host. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're doing we're doing okay. all spoilers. I'm like today. just making yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, But I feel like, you know, probably about two episodes before they re- do the big reveal that they're host. If you're paying attention to all the little details and like in college, I was a script soup. So all those little things stand out to yeah, me yeah. very, very clearly. So I think got it a couple episodes before but um watching it in real time was wild and the music for me was the big giveaway because i'm like can't be the wild west they're playing (laughs) like that doesn't make sense so yeah it was definitely it was one of those really good experiences i actually remember talking about westworld in real time with billy at crime watch when it first came on oh really when you guys were working together oh my gosh that's exciting yeah the the sense of discovery of season one is still like You know, because I mean, to me, when I watched season two for the first time, because I tried to stay pretty spoiler free, like I'd seen the original movie. Right. And all camp and so much fun. But yeah. 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 (laughs) No, no. Yeah. I and but I like I pretty much didn't know anything about season two other than that people didn't like it as much. I think season two just wasn't as mapped out as well. So it was just really, really messy. And also the feminist to me, I don't think people really like seeing an angry woman that much, but I think, and that's something I know we had talked about that we were going to talk about. Um, but I think that was a big thing. And for me, I enjoyed that personally. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. It was great. I thought it was. Well, true. Yeah. Well, I think that's why people didn't like Bryce Dallas Howard in the original Jurassic world, because she was, they kind of made her more likable in the sequel. Whereas in the original Jurassic world, she's just, she's like a total businesswoman in her game. And it's like, yeah, nobody, nobody. It's like we can like uh, Breaking Bad, you know, unlikable dick dude. But if a woman's a dick, it's like, what? What? What is this? Yeah, you know? very offended. Even though I feel like with Dolores, they definitely earned her being an asshole. And nobody really under. I don't know if they didn't want to understand it or if they just didn't care. It was kind of like, no, the pretty blonde girl cannot be this angry. Like that cannot <laughs> happen. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like that was a large reason that season two just wasn't as liked um, that. And the fact that it, I mean, logistically it was not laid out as well. Well, and also I think even with season three, it, I, you know, I wonder if they, again, it's like, what, what's the journey? And I feel like to me almost, I feel like by the end of season three and we can, I mean, I guess we can talk spoilers too for that. We can, it doesn't matter how we go into it, but <laughs> I feel like in a way they make her likable again by the end in a weird way. Well, in, in a good way for me. I I think they did. Um, I think, and I told you this, I think ultimately all three seasons with Dolores have really kind of been, almost like a sexual assault survivor's journey. Mm -hmm. Um, You see the trauma, you see her learning to use her voice, what that means for her. Um, And it's kind of like periods of grief too. So season two is that angry phase. Like I have to, (laughs) I have to get this revenge or I have to get this out of my system. I have to make sure that I'm strong enough to get to where I want to be. And that's kind of what season three was for me was watching her. Okay. She's decided this is who and what she wants. And how she wants to be. And in order to do that, she has to literally shed pieces of herself and destroy pieces of herself to get to be the person that she wants to be. I love that. I got chills from that. I mean, and we also talked about that idea, too, of in a way, it's like 
it, I wonder if season three also plays with the notions of, you know, kind of the twistiness of Westworld. And, and some people are almost disappointed that Westworld season three was more straightforward, quote unquote. But in a way, like the, the stuff that you're talking about, that to me is more powerful and more meaningful than just empty twists. So so the, the twist that, oh, the other pearls or whatever, like that it's just other forms of Dolores, thematically, that's so much more, like what you're saying is so much more interesting than like, ooh, is it, you know, Clementine or, you know, like that, it to I mean, me isn't as interesting. You don't know? get me wrong. I I forget. I think it was episode three that I texted you because I wasn't, sh- that was what I wanted to talk about was, oh my gosh, is it Clem or did she bring back Teddy? Like, who is, who are these pearls? And then when it dawned on me about five minutes before they revealed who the pearls <laughs> were, I was yeah. like, Okay, this all makes sense because it literally any anytime you've gone through some sort of trauma, you have to shed pieces of yourself and sacrifice pieces of yourself in order to get to that healing point, to get to who you want to be and who you're meant to be, for lack of a better way to put it. Um, And I think revealing that it was all her was so much more just moving and impactful than if it would have been all those different people that she could have brought with her. And I think it also has to do with a trust element too. Like you get to a point that you've given all these people chances and they maybe haven't disappointed, but they haven't given you the right support or the right thing. And so you have to rely on yourself in order to get to, to finish your journey ultimately. Yeah, no, I I wanted to bring that up too. that idea of like, well, duh, of course, it's like, if you're going to get the job done, you'd better do it yourself. I mean, she was the original host or not the original host, but or was she? She was the original one that worked. Yes, the original one that worked. Well, and to me, in a way, and I I mentioned this in the season finale episode, I I mentioned that we were going to be chatting and some of the stuff that we just a little tidbit of what we were going to be talking about, but and what we talked about over text. But like, to me now, that makes me want to go back and watch season three, where it's like the scene of, of Dolores comforting a Shaloris or uh, Heloris or whatever, like, Oh, it's, Oh, it's like this idea of like comforting yourself and have, you know, when you, the way, the way that you're like all aspects of these other Dolores are just other kind of aspects of her trauma or what she's gone through. Then it's like, Oh, now, now to me, like the, the mental space makes that those kind of scenes and those conversations like more interesting. I will say when they revealed that the, the, her, all the pearls were Dolores um, with the exception of Bernard, which I mean, there's yeah. always that one person when you've gone through trauma, there's, you have a constant person. It could be a parent, it could be a friend, it could be whoever that always ends up going on the journey with you. Um, but I feel like I went back and actually watched that particular scene because especially with PTSD, there's those moments where you have you have to talk yourself down and you have to kind of be your voice of reason, your voice of comfort, partly because a lot of it is you have a hard time speaking it out loud for someone else to be able to comfort you. So really the only person that can is you. So to see that in a (laughs) physical way is really moving and really touching and really raw. It it just wouldn't have made sense for Dolores to be hard on her sleeve at all. I mean, why would she, you know? Right. (laughs) 
you know, why would she be in this world? And, you know, I, yeah, I mean, even for me, it's what I feel like, like, I like when Dolores is more likable, but I don't, it's, I don't, I want it to be because of how she's going through stuff. Like, there's moments in season three when you can tell that she's actually having fun again or lighthearted moments, and it's because it's earned and it's because something that she's like choosing to do or, 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 allowing herself to do it's not this idea of like the screenwriters being like we need to make her more likable it's like no it feels good when it's earned yeah and i think that was i think that is explaining it perfectly is she's the character it feels like she's making those choices she's allowing herself to have those moments i mean yes obviously (laughs) it's written in the script but yeah yeah it earned is the best way to put it they allowed her to go through this entire journey to earn that moment I like that they made I like that they had her riding a horse again in season three. Yes. Like in that moment, I was like, oh, my God, she's on a horse again. This feels good. You know, like it. It. Yeah. I don't know. It's I mean, I'm also glad that they didn't bring back somebody like Teddy or it's like those were just those were those are parts of that her of herself that she could like never bring back. And so. Well, and they're part of her it, past that I feel like she's outgrown at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And Caleb was never going to be. Teddy 2.0 and I think other characters probably thought that about her that this is like another pawn in her scheme or whatever but it's like I I like that you know in in a way that even if you know and again super spoilers because it's literally like the season finale but like you know the idea that this this little bit of human kindness had this repercussions I think is like kind of cool even if it's a bit cheesy but I feel like it feels true to me I mean I guess I guess I guess the big question is what it like, well, let's just, we want to, it seems like we want to talk about the season finale or I feel like I'm steering. I definitely so do. What did you, you know, what did you, what did you think about the season finale? You know, I, three? I actually, I really, I love the season finale. I thought it was very thought provoking. I thought it was, it went along with that arc of Dolores from season one of the survivor, because you talked about that moment of human kindness being true. I know for me, especially the last And I didn't always listen to it probably until the last three or four years. But my adult friendships, I can pinpoint these crystal clear moments of when I've decided to invest in someone or become friends with someone. (laughs) Um, And oftentimes there there are moments like with Caleb where to him, it probably wasn't a big deal. Probably didn't even register as a moment. But for Dolores, it was crystal clear that that was someone that she could trust should she need to. Yeah. Um, and so I think that was the ultimate reason she chose him was because one, it wouldn't register as an actual moment for him. It was something that he just yeah. naturally did. But with all the trauma she'd already experienced at that point, it was a huge bell going off for her that she hmm. could trust. And I find that most survivors, once they're adult age, they have once they're to a point in healing, they have those crystal clear moments where they choose who they're going to invest in, who they want to be friends with, who they want to care about based on moments like that. Yeah, I I had a conversation with that somebody recently. It's almost like this is the tell that you'll know if somebody is going to ultimately be in your corner or not when push comes to shove. And you brought you you had that observation is so cool because in a way, like I had these thoughts about season three of like, you know, these things, you know, if you're building a show out 
and alt in characters like Caleb and Sarak become important in these later seasons. And again, this is like practicality and reality nonwithstanding, but it's like, right. oh, if you're crafting a show from the beginning, why wouldn't you show some of Sarak or Caleb ahead of time? Obviously, those things didn't exist at the time, but also those things weren't important to season one. But then your observation about like this idea that, well, literally Caleb wouldn't remember who this Dolores host was because it it he probably didn't even look at her, you know, exactly. Or, or, and, you know, when he did it at that moment in time, he's training, he's on drugs that they've given him to make <laughs> him feel good, like yeah, so yeah. that he doesn't mind killing. Um, And the fact that he would choose not to be a raging asshole. Um yeah. You know, it, it says a lot. And I think that's a lot of. And it's probably not just survivors, it's probably people in general, but there's usually a crystal, especially in adulthood, there's a crystal clear moment where you become friends with someone that, you know, that person has your back. Um, One of my roommates in college and I did not really care for each other. And <laughs> some asshole brought her back up to the dorm room and just knocked on the door. And she was drunk as a skunk and put her outside the door. And I opened the door. She falls into the dorm room and then begins puking. So I just hold her hair back because that's what you do. <sighs> and from that moment on, we were inseparable. Um, oh, so there's just there's those moments sweet. where you're really just kind of doing the human thing. And ultimately. A crystal clear bond rock solid bond is formed from that moment well and you got to think too in the westworld world where, <laughs> where everyone where like everything is on under constant surveillance so it's like an extra layer of like what you know finding dolores in that um in that tunnel by macarthur park truly the level of surveillance in that world is so much greater so this moment where literally nobody is like this person is supposed to be like, what did they, um, they kind of fake that she like drug overdosed or something and we're going to dump her in the, in the lake. Right. And so it was like, there was not going to be any consequences. No, and so, none. I mean, he, I mean, he's doing the bare minimum of like, well, you shouldn't be doing that anyway. But like in that sense, maybe on Dolores is sort of, cause Dolores is still a host. And so it's like, you know, maybe there's this like robotic part of like, you know, stats and percentages or whatever. But for her, it's like even and especially after what she's been through with two seasons, it's like, wow, it's even more impressive that this human was so deeply kind. And, you know, in, in that way of like, you know, like in this world where there's an app for doing crime, where crime is a legal thing you can do on an app, the fact that this person isn't going to do anything is completely selfless in that moment is probably just, this is the first time she's seen a selfish action from a human being. That's That must have resonated as well. Well, yeah, and I don't think it's the only time she's seen a self. I mean, we've seen humans on occasion be kind to host. And the flip side is, Caleb at this point has no idea she's a host. So, yeah, yeah. you know, he's just... I mean, he's doing more than the bare minimum because everything's surveilled. So he somebody could have come to interrupt him being kind at any moment and being kind in this world, even before everybody knows their stats, doesn't really necessarily get you good things because yeah, it may not point. fit the plan of how they think human beings should prepare and act and evolve. 
Um, yeah, you got to look really cool in the modern art museum. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. they've kind of taken, I mean, ultimately, Surratt just basically took humanity out of the human race with his True. entire algorithm and plan. Um, yeah. And taking free will away. Because I find, uh, for me, free will and being getting to choose to be human and choose to be kind um, is a large part of humanity. So when you take yeah. that out. Well, yeah. And I think they got, they achieved their goal because in, in a way that like, yeah, I think some people were disappointed because season three seemed to be like too sci-fi cliche, but I feel like it, to have those conversations, it's like you get to have fun with it. You know, it's like, Ooh, who's more human, the human or the robot? Oh, you know, it's like, no, but they really, I think the stuff we've been talking about, like, that's the shit that they, I think that they handled really well. And in a way by, I actually really, and I had just thought about this. I really, and I, I mentioned this in this little finale, the finale recap I did, but like, I kind of appreciate that they didn't play this trick of like, the will they or won't they if Caleb guessing if if Dolores is a robot. I love that she's like, well, I'm going to do my thing and he's going to work with me. And he probably is like, I, I don't know. Like, I like that they didn't play with that trope and and instead it's like by the end of season three when when he has her new body he's like then it's like finally now i have a chance to actually confront you about this but right. it's not like it's not like this comedy of errors where it's like i don't know like when like she's like pulling like she's fixing an eye and then all of a sudden he turns around and she, she's like what what you know like right no and i think that was i think that was part of it too is you know she had that moment of crystal clear trust and i think he had it as well with her to some degree because He's following her into these really strange places, doing really <laughs> strange things and not really ever judging her or questioning her. Like, it's just kind yeah. of. It's and just supportive, like, OK, yeah. we're going to do this. All right, let's do this. And it's not there's just no judgment. It's a very I mean, I know they're not romantically linked or anything like that, but it's still, for lack of a better way to put it, it's a very pure sense of love and all to some degree because there's no judgment there's just support well yeah that's my question too thinking out loud about this but like is that is caleb almost the perfect doesn't have to be romantic partner like you said but is caleb the kind of perfect person that a survivor needs in my opinion yeah i, I think he is the perfect partner for a survivor um because he doesn't blindly follow like he'll ask questions if something's a little hinky my favorite line at the end of six or seven where it's like he questions her and and it's like well but you got to question everything and got to know your fate and you know he's like well i'm not like anyone else and she's like neither am i and i'm like yes yeah like, it's uh, oh yeah yeah that that to me like what you were just saying like totally it it feels like the 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 filmmakers really knew what they were doing with pairing them together and having those again it, it isn't just this cliche bouncing off of like am i am i more human than the human and are you more robot than the you know it, it felt like it went deeper yeah i think they were both flawed i think they'd both been through a shit ton of stuff um <laughs> obviously from different perspectives and different avenues and different trauma um but to some degree i mean he's a soldier so they both have a form of ptsd whether caleb remembers all of it or not um so i think but just the non-judgment the in her corner the willing to do the kind thing even when it may not be the easy thing mm -hmm. i think 
all of those make him maybe not romantically, but a perfect partner, at least in friendship or partner in crime um, yeah. <laughs> type thing. I think that does make him very much just the perfect companion for her. Yeah. Well, and I also you made me think, too, of like the line from that from the season finale of um, free will does exist. It's just fucking hard. Yeah, no, it totally <laughs> so is good. But yeah, I was going to ask, I mean, besides Dolores, because my favorite character personally is Maeve, because I just love that she is independent in that sense of like, she's just trying to do what she needs to do to get by versus like having an overall goal. And I more relate to that in a way. But is there like, what other characters from the show do you really love or do I you mean, think are interesting? Dolores is obviously my favorite. I definitely relate to her the most. Maeve because of the mother-daughter part is something I've always... That always struck a chord for me, but I always got frustrated because I felt like she was trying to survive but not paying attention to anyone else around her. Yeah. And it was very... For me, (laughs) it was very frustrating. I'm like, but these people need you. They're telling you they need you. And you're just like, "Mm, yeah, I got other stuff to do. Well, I think that's why it's finally satisfying when she decides to help. Like that to me was just so it felt so right. And it's like in a way, maybe in season four, because I just feel like season four is going to be the gang. It's like the Avengers. It's like we're going to get all of the characters we love from Westworld all together, finally teaming up. Yeah. And William, the man in black being a host is going to be. Yeah. He's going to be completely ruthless. And he already was, but it's going to be a whole different level. I loved Bernard and Dolores, and I think Bernard and Dolores were my favorite character. Dolores first, then Bernard, or whatever, were my favorite characters in season one. Then I think in season two, it really was Maeve. And then, you know, it kind of, like, I, I you know, this is, I'm I like I'm the angry blonde watch- chick, so season two, it was still <laughs> Dolores. Um, I mean, no, I mean, for me, it's like, this is still my first time watching a show in real time in this way where I'm a huge fan. Like, I watched most of the last season of Game of Thrones, mostly because Brenna was watching it. So it was like fun for us to watch together, even though I hadn't seen any of the rest of the show. But like, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched something in real time, or at least this latest season in real time where I really loved it. I don't know. For me, Sons of Anarchy, I know there's a lot of people that are not a fan of how that show ended. I've been a fan of Kurt Sutter since The Shield. And that, with Sean Ryan's guidance, is pretty much perfection from start to end. Spoiler alert, they kill my favorite actor in both series. (laughs) <laughs> um, but well luckily for luckily for you Dolores is you know Ever Rachel Wood's the main character and there's no way she's not gonna come back in some form in season four yeah you know um, I mean they killed Buffy they killed her it's a true. couple times actually but I mean I in general I like strong female characters so that's usually like Buffy was one I definitely watched in real time I even in college before when the show was ending we didn't get the channel because it was on like CW or you it was on UPN at the time and I had to record it on my parents VCR <laughs> and go home and watch it on like random weekends wow that's so cool yeah as a matter of fact when I was looking I went home in January um to help my mom with some stuff and I was looking for videos of uh my best friend from college who passed away and um it became a joke of what was going to be on the tape. Was it was it going to be Buffy? Was it going to be Charmed? Or was it going to be some random other thing? But it was like 
my mom and I were literally taking bets of what was going to be on the tape because That's so amazing. many of them were Buffy. And I mean, I I came in late on Veronica Mars, but I watched the last season live. Oh, OK. OK. Yeah. Because just from Murder Squad, I know that Veronica Mars is a very important show for you. So because well, you've always Kristen been a big Bell, TV person. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. But I was going to say, because it's I mean, it seems like TV has always been really important to you. And you've been you know, you worked in television for what? Probably de- 15 decade? years. 15 yeah, years. I was going to say 15. Um, somewhere between 10 and 15. We'll we'll go with 10 and make me sound younger. Um, <laughs> but Wait, did you ever work in fiction stuff or were you always true crime? No, I. Um, so I started out actually doing television research, so doing the ratings. So this May Sweeps has been very strange because there's not been a ton of new stuff. Didn't even feel like sweeps, really. But I went from there to Dr. Phil. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, Doing booking those people and helping people when I could. And also we did a whole reality stunt there of the Dr. Phil house that I did a ton of those. Oh. Um, so I did. And I also did a lot of his crime stuff, a lot of his new stuff. Um, which is actually how I ended up doing Crime Watch Daily with Billy was one of my producers from Dr. Phil was like, hey, I'm doing a true crime show. You're perfect. You already have all these cases. <laughs> Let's come on in. And I was like, great. But, you know, I did reality. I did take about a two year break when I had my daughter. And yeah, true crime. I For me, true crime is so important. You get to give a voice to the voiceless. Yeah. And there's missing and murdered parents who their child has no voice or, you know, we've done a couple of we did the domestic violence COVID episode. And that was really important, making sure that people had resources that maybe they didn't know were available or what they needed to do. So that is part of the reason I love doing true crime. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I could totally, I could totally see a vampire, like an Anne Rice world style Westworld. Where um, people like would fulfill those kind of fantasies and like like I wonder would you have fake teeth that you would glue so you could decide to become a vampire? Is there a way that like a host could bite you and then all of a sudden I could see that? I mean, that would a- definitely take very specific programming because technically that would be hurting a human. Mm. But I I don't think it would be Anne Rice because really I mean there are some sexual components to list at, but for the most part not so much. I think it would probably be more on the Laurel Fay Hamilton lines. Who is oh, okay. 
her main character in her vampire novels, Anita Blake, who's a vampire hunter, actually started out very much kind of as a detective. Like it was Bradbury, but with vampires type thing. Oh, interesting. Um, I've never, I've never read And then about, I forget exactly how many, there's 20 or 30 Anita Blake books. And she's actually my current favorite author. Like I, she has a new one coming out in August and I cannot wait. She is my complete escape from everything in the world. Um, and I will finish her books within two days, usually, no matter how long. She's got some that are like 800 and a thousand pages. But um, Whoa. it she definitely takes it in a sexual manner about <laughs> book five or book six. I mean, there's still the crime part. There's She's still solving it. Like Anita is now a U.S. marshal in this alternate reality where vampires are citizens and so are werewolves. And Whoa, that yeah, sounds dope. Um, it is the most fun reads um, that I've had i started um oh goodness probably 12 years ago wow because Anne rice had gone into a sabbatical and there was no more lestat and i was sad and needed something else <laughs> and i was like i like these so much more than reading from a guy's point of view um because it's all first person narrative from anita's point of view but um i think that would definitely work in a westworld theme park i and the flip yeah. side is depending on the programming and the code biting a person wouldn't necessarily be hurting them because yeah. even in Anne Rice that's still a sexual overtone to it <laughs> they have to yeah like I imagine the programming of like well but because I mean even in Westworld I'd sign up for that world yeah I mean it's because it's that thing of like can a character I guess a host would never be put in a position where they were like swinging a sword at a at a human in that but to world. some it degree wouldn't... they they do that in the samurai world I mean yeah, they yeah, have that's those true. moments, but they don't connect. So I think with the teeth, there'd have to be some sort of, and maybe it's just something that they sign and it gets programmed into that host that this person says it's okay to bite them, kind of like a consent form when you go anywhere <laughs> else. Like, what is the, oh yeah, speaking of which, because you had to do so many consent forms and things like that over the years, uh, and getting like a like getting people to sign things. Yeah, what what does the Westworld consent form look like? Holy shit, I would imagine. <laughs> Because you have to, any, from doing reality shows, there's so many things that people, I would imagine the consent form for Westworld, I mean, they programmed the host, obviously it didn't go well in the second season, but they programmed <laughs> the host to not be able to hurt humans. So because of that programming, and they felt so strongly about that programming, I would assume that those consent forms don't necessarily say that, but the terrain of the areas alone, like well, there's you're going to fall, you're stuff. going to get burned, like. Yeah, there's no you have to have some sort of protection from that. Like you basically lay out pretty much every for those type of consent forms, pretty much every worst case scenario you can think of. Um, <laughs> and I would imagine the Westworld consent forms are way more stricter than any talk show or reality show consent form that you have or even because I know I've never. I will. I did a competition show in college, but I haven't done a competition show in Hollywood, but you know, they have very specific clauses about injuries and stuff. But that being said, they also have medics on set. So in Westworld with their security, I'm sure some of those are medics to some degree. Yeah. I wonder, I wonder if there is, cause that to me was almost the interesting thing about the way that they did the TV show was that I felt like throughout the first season, I was like, because I worked at Disneyland and they worked really hard to 
hide the seams of like where cast member. I mean, they still obviously have like a little sign, but right. they work really hard. They worked really hard so that you're never like able to truly look back behind into the curtain. the behind the curtain. Yeah. Thank you. And well, and even Disneyland itself, the the original park is like a moat. So it's like there's an outer wall where the parking lot and all that stuff is. And then there's the inside of the park. And then there's like, you know, like I'm this is on a podcast. Um, but, on Zoom. but like, <laughs> I know, you know there's saying. like a, there's in the, the in between yeah. area where like when I worked at tomorrow, when I worked in Tomorrowland on Space Mountain or I didn't work on Space Mountain to Pizza Port um, below Space Mountain. But, you know, and then the way that you would access. And so for me, season one, I was like. I want to, I can't wait for the moment where they show, because sometimes characters like would just show up in the park and you're like, how did they just, you know? Right. And so to me, that was such a satisfying thing of like. So even working at Pizza Port, you had to blend into, you had to be seamless as a cast member. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's like when they finally show these things where it's like they go in the elevator and then the rock pops up, you know, it's just like, okay, cool. I like that to me was very satisfying. Yes. As somebody who likes theme parks and has been part of that artifice, you know, do you ever think we're going to get the parks ever again? I mean, oh, I don't you know, I was fortunate enough to go to Universal not long before everything shut down. Um, Although Jurassic was not open when we were there. <sighs> I'm very so sorry. But, you know, I I love that atmosphere. I love I love especially roller coasters. So like anything that's going to go fast. um. I'm a huge fan of. So not being able to do that again, especially my daughter's just now tall enough to ride them and was really excited to go and do all the roller coasters. And she really wanted to go to Harry Potter and get a wand and which I foolishly because she wanted a wand so badly. I was like, well, we'll do the wizard run. So we're going to be doing that. So that's that's fun. Um, oh, yeah. The, the, the Trolls 5K that Brenna and I were and I think. There's there was like a one K for really little kids. We were going to do that was April like 24th. Right. And it was like that was totally canceled. It's funny. I even though I met. Do you think we're going to get more Westworld parks in the show? Part of me was maybe also asking that question as well. Where I'm like, because, you know, I have a pass. So I'm just like, thankfully that they're so at the time that the park is closed, we're going to get that tacked on our pass because I'm like, my pass expires in July. Well, I know the zoo's doing that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So the zoo has already sent a letter saying, we appreciate your membership. As soon as we know what day we're going to open, we're going to prorate and add those months back on. So that's great. I would assume you're, I mean. The, no, that's, that's, they're definitely doing that for Universal. Too, yeah. I mean, so. that was the first time I've been to Universal since a Crime Watch Daily Christmas party. It had been a while. Oh, wow. um, and I certainly, I hope to go back. I hope to get to take my daughter. I hope. To just get to go and do it because it was a little chilly the day that we went. So I'd like to but go then when also, it's warmer. Yeah, yeah, of course. When it's like actual summertime. That's my personal preference. I'm a cold. I'm cold all the time. So the warmer, the better. But um, yeah. uh, but but I mean, also like but in the show, too, like, do you think there's any room for I think they have to, to go be the parks again, you know, um, to, to reopen the parks or to to play with that notion of the host and the. Well, I think to some degree you have to play with the notion of they didn't learn their lesson because that is ultimately, in my opinion, humanity's biggest flaw half the time is we never <laughs> learn our fucking lesson. We just the, constantly the past repeats itself. Yeah, constantly like to go on a cycle. Um, So I think 
how it would play out, how it would get to that, I'm not exactly sure. It wouldn't surprise me if the host maybe decided to do it, especially with what are they calling her? Hellorus. Hellorus. I, I, yeah, Hellor. There was someone like, else was they called. Season- but yeah, Charloris or Helloris. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if, because technically, between her, her host and William's host, they could bring Delos back online. Um, so yeah, and she is so pissed at humanity right now that <laughs> I scorned. it would kind of be literally scorned. Um, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I it wouldn't surprise me if it was almost like fly to honey. Like we're gonna ke- we're gonna keep your favorite thing open. We're gonna keep letting you come in. It's all safe now. And just luring them into this trap where she can basically almost what I mean, the way that I would play season four, if I were gonna do it, I would do open up the parks again, open up Westworld with I always wanna call her Tess because that's who she was in Veronica yeah. Mars. But um but with Charlotte has head or William has head and the whole goal is to lure in humans and basically see if they're kind. If they're kind, they get to leave. If they're not, they're Whoa. stuck. And kind of almost like a purgatory hell type thing. That's, I mean, if I were going to lay out the season, that's how I would go about it. Well, I think at some point with season three, I almost felt like and, and with the way that Charlotte was replaced initially, there was kind of this like invasion of the body snatchers kind oh, of vibe. Totally. And so I or, you know, and now I can see this almost like the way you're describing almost like a jigsaw from like saw. Almost like saw. Yeah. Yeah. Where it's but I love that because I love that notion because it's like how how deliciously ironic is it that the hosts are now running the park and then, yeah, slowly replacing people as they come in and out. And then it's like. And then this notion of rebuilding or redeeming humanity that they kind of set up at the end of season three truly is, is like, who's better at humanity, the humans or the the hosts? And, and ultimately, play we with that both stuff. suck. Um, <laughs> like, I mean, because if they were to set it up the way that I just described, you know, Charlotte is, or Hell Dolores is judging humanity. And by the simple act of putting that judgment, she's being a shitty human. So... Yeah, I kind of called her, I kind of, she's almost like the Loki, this, you know, Loki figure kind of now in a way. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, if you put it that way, that means at some point she's definitely going to get redeemed or at least have redeemable moments. Um, But I I think that's a good comparison because ultimately they're two halves of one whole. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I I think that's always a problem. It's like, because people, I, I think you and I, we're such fans of the show. We're willing to kind of grow and change with the show and willing to follow it. But there's obviously, again, both of us have like worked in you know the industry. It's like right. you need to still bring in new people. So I love this idea. I love your idea so much of like, we can still move the story forward. We can still have the journeys of these characters still move forward and have this really meaningful arc. But then we can bring in an element that maybe casual viewers miss without sort of sacrificing the actual story momentum or anything. Right. And I mean, if you did do it that way, you have Dolores and Maeve who really kind of left humanity up to their own to some degree. Dolores wanted them to have free will to do what they wanted with their information. And Maeve really just didn't care. Maybe season four is about like Maeve finally sort of 
not taking a stance, but sort of investing in something. Well, I think with Dolores explaining, I mean, that scene of them in the field and Dolores making a conscious decision and telling Maeve that she's made this decision that, yeah, things have been absolutely fucking awful. But you know what? There's still beauty in it. There's still growth. There's still things that are worth living for. I think you take that mentality and if you did have some scenario where Hell Dolores, and I mean, it certainly sounded that's what they were setting up for season four at yeah. the end, <laughs> um, where basically she's getting revenge on humans and then Maeve and Dolores who have seen these moments of kindness by humans kind of become their heroes or maybe not heroes, but they're champions of, okay, these hosts are killing humans just to kill them because they don't like them. So we have to do something because humanity's worth saving. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. And with Caleb kind of <laughs> Caleb's almost their emotional rock. Yeah. You know? I mean, <laughs> in you, a weird way, you need that person. I find you don't need a lot of those people, but you need a person or couple of people that are going to be that sounding board that safe space and i think at least for dolores and i think even mave at this point he is he's become that person yeah the person who i'm telling you my problems i don't want any advice or or about how to fix these problems i'm just telling you my problems so that you know i just need to be heard be listened to yeah yeah just need to be heard um and i think please and thank you and (laughs) yeah it's just Thank you for letting me feel heard. Thank you for letting me know you've got my back. Now let's go cause some trouble type thing. Um, <laughs> All right, let's go. Let's go. I mean, yeah, let's go do whatever we need to do. And let's, well, I mean, the the bringing back the line from season one of like, be whoever the fuck you want to be. Yeah. Like, ugh, so good. Oh, so good. Um, yeah. And I think that's kind of the journey that we've seen. Dolores go on this whole time and now she's gotten to where she or who she wants to be. It's just a matter of how she's going to come back in order to be that person. Yeah. I really think of to me, season three felt like a transition and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah. I think it's going to open it up. Yeah. I think it's going to, in a, in a weird way, going out into the real world, was a space where everyone came where it went to collect themselves. And and then it's like at the end of this season, it's just like, whoosh, just bust the door open. Yeah. And I think, I think the smart thing to do is to go back to the parks just has almost a full circle. And cause I don't know exactly what you would do if you stayed in the real world. Yeah. And when, and it all depends, I guess on when Bernard, like, are we going to do a thing where we are going to come back when we see Bernard in that final post credits? Oh, speaking of Universal, you know that's the Bates Motel, right? No, I did not. You oh didn't my notice God, that? A, it totally no, is. No, I did not it's notice that. Totally the Bates Motel from the back lot. That is hysterical. I'm pretty sure. So like, much. double check me, go back and watch. But I'm fairly certain that's the Bates Motel. No, the thematics behind that just make it all the better. Yeah. To me, I love that. Yeah, I just. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they go, if they start season four in that moment or if we're going to like lead up to that. Because season two is very much like almost leading because the fi- the first moments you see in season two are like the last moments chronologically or whatever. I mean, or season two is weird because it met in the middle chronologically. Nolan and Joy are very, very good about at the very least, even if they do a time lapse of some kind, the start of that season is at least visually for a moment where you ended the last season. 
it yeah. may not be it may not be told in the same timeline. Yeah. But they're very good about coming back at least for a brief moment at the moment they left you. Yeah. No, it's cool. Well, this has been super awesome, yeah. Holly. I'm so glad we finally got to sit and chat about Westworld and TV and all this, I mean, survive survivors and trauma and and I think it's you know, for me, I mean, you know, I, I'm somebody who likes to just invest time into things that I really like and uncover and peel the layers back. So this right. makes me not only appreciate it so much more, but maybe for people who are listening who maybe thought Westworld season three was okay or maybe just weren't as invested. I think to me, sometimes I like knowing the spoilers or I like knowing the thoughts behind something because now when I watch it, I know that it has a point. It has meaning. Right. And it's like I can search that out and then it's like, wow, look how well they are crafting that. It's like appreciating it for a piece of art for what it is, for good storytelling and for saying okay. something like beautiful, you know, or whatever. And I mean, there were several, several moments in this season that I felt like did that because you also had, you know, Oh, what was the name of the big blob in the middle? What they call it? Um, oh, I I call it re, um, Rehoban. Yeah, I called it re, Reboban is my yeah. casual nickname for it. Because there's a moment, and I think it was in the finale where he's basically explaining Caleb's backstory to Caleb. He says every human relationship can be altered with the right amount of money, which I think is bullshit to the mo- for the most part. But there's constant little moments like that through this season. Where it makes you pause because you're you have that moment of do you agree or do you not agree? And I feel like this season was very thought provoking from that point of view. But I also feel like a lot of viewers were frustrated because there wasn't a big twist or anything. And it's like, you know, sometimes just sit with your feelings. You're in quarantine. It's a great time. Sit with your feelings. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I well, I think if I, I think of anything, maybe season four will be as twisty as season two in a way because it's a jumping off point. Which makes me hopeful for like a season one twist. But um, yeah, maybe. Maybe it'll be that twisty. Hope it's not quite yeah. that messy, but it might be. I mean, there's there's <laughs> a lot of ang- there's a lot of anger going into season four um, from Heloris. So it might be that messy. Yeah. Well, I can't wait for that. So with the Emmys coming up, Westworld was nominated for, I believe it was 11 Emmys, maybe been 10. But I think the biggest story or non-story really is the fact that Aaron Paul was completely robbed of a lead actor nominee. That being said, um, you know, Tandy Newton was absolutely fantastic and a supporting actress. However, as much as I would love to see her win, she's up against Meryl Streep and Lauren Dern. So they just pretty much hand these to Meryl Streep at this point. Again, Jeffrey Wright, I love to see him win any and everything that he's nominated for. However, this season, I think Bradley Whitford with Handmaid's Tell probably will win. Any of their sound mixing, sound anything, I think they should win just because that's always been probably the most intriguing thing about Westworld since season one is the way they play with their music and their sound design. Um, And this season was no different. And then when it comes to a lot of their production design and stuff this season, those nominees, those nominations and with the main title nominations, unfortunately, they're against Watchmen. And I think I look for Watchmen to take literally everything they are nominated for because that series was absolutely fantastic. Very disappointed that we're not getting a season two. And I almost spoiled the end of season one for people that didn't see it and stop myself. But ultimately, I would love for Tandy Newton to win. 
and Jeffrey Wright both to win. I just think the competition this year is probably not going to allow for that to happen. I, I mean, we'll see, but that's my thoughts on it. Thank you again, Polly, so much. This has been a blast. Thanks for having me. Where can people follow you? Where can people find you on the internet? Listen to things you're working on. Um, all that good stuff. Well, I am on that podcast, Jensen and Holes, The Murder Squad. Um, on Instagram and Twitter, I'm Polly Katowski. Pretty easy to find, except for Katowski is not necessarily always easy to spell. <laughs> and yeah, I that's pretty much my, my gig at the moment. Because there's not a whole lot of extra time because, you know school is now homeschool yeah it's like being back on the frontier oh my gosh it's so much Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.